Hello everyone and welcome to episode one of Entrepreneur to Author. My name's Jackie Pretty and I'm the founder and head editor of Grammar Factory which provides editing services for self-published authors. And today I'm delighted to introduce best-selling author, speaker and co-owner of St Kilda Boat Sales, Darren Finkelstein. Darren is a long-time boatie, keen fisherman and wannabe pro surfer who was first introduced to boating by his father who taught him how to water ski as a boy. He bought his first boat at the age of 18 and eventually realised he felt so strongly about boating that he vowed not only to make boating his profession, but to never return to a real job again. Darren's book, Honey, Let's Buy a Boat, is a common sense guide to buying a boat, featuring expert tips from his 30 years of boating experience and advice that will save you thousands. Welcome, Darren. I'm so pleased to have you with us today. Wow, Jackie, what an intro. Thank you. I'm delighted to be with you. So to get started, would you mind telling us a bit about your business and how you got into that field? Yeah, absolutely. So um, together with my business partner, Andrew, um, we're the co-owners and founders of St Kilda Boat Sales. Um, our business is really truly unique because we buy and sell luxury new and used power boats. We service, we repair, we fuel and we wash it's all these wonderful boats down here at St Kilda Marina in Melbourne where a complete and pleasurable boat ownership experience is our focus. Andrew and I started business uh, about 11 years ago now, and uh, during that time we uh, serviced oh, hundreds of boats every year and uh, uh, we sold plenty of them as well. So it just seemed to be the right fit for two guys who had a passion about boating to get out there and uh, bring a bit of corporate experience, which is uh, my background, into this industry and um, hopefully you offer a really good level of service to customers who are so desperate for uh, more time and uh, uh, more expertise to make their whole boating experience with their families or with their friends much more pleasurable. Mm, absolutely. Um, so I'm, I don't have a boat <laughs> and I'd like to have a boat, but um, why do people, why do people generally come to you and what are they looking for in a boat and what are they looking for in the lifestyle that that provides? Look, we've, we've understood that there is really three main reasons um, why people come to us. Uh, one of them is that they are completely time poor and, and they just don't want to um, have a boat that sort of, or, or do the exercise that really uh, won't get them to find their solution really quickly. So they come mm -hmm. to us because they know we're the experts in the field. They also come to us because they don't have the expertise all the understanding to uh, get involved in boating and uh, there is quite a perception out there in the marketplace that um, boating can be um, yeah, really expensive and, and, and typically out of the reach of most people. The other reason why people come to us is that they just want a, a completely easy experience, you know, they just want to get out there on the water and, and whether it's, it's a family that wants to reconnect, you know, perhaps it's a mum or dad that are, that are in a career and, and they just don't get to spend enough time with their kids. Um, Perhaps they've got kids that just won't come off the computer or off the PlayStation. <laughs> mm -hmm. And they just want to get them into the outdoors and get them to enjoy life. Um, you know, and, and maybe it's just a simple thing as, as the ladies want to spend some quality time with their partner on board the boat. Mm -hmm. Even if it's just a bloke who just wants to go fishing with his mates and talk about all the blokey sort of stuff. And so we typically um, sell boats to, to either or all of those categories. Really, it's actually about people connecting and reconnecting with each other it's actually really not even about the boat. It's just mm -hmm. been good time with uh, good people. Absolutely. It's almost like um, 
you know, how people go on a holiday to sort of rekindle the romance or something, and they didn't actually need the holiday, but the holiday gave them the opportunity to do that, and the boat sort of acts the same way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Look, you know, we we all need excuses. Well, people need excuses. People need to be able to justify. People need to be able to have a a metaphor or, or... or bring something forward that, to, to make it really real for them. Mm-hmm. And so uh, a boating gives everybody a focus, gives everybody a purpose, gives everybody a really good excuse too. Mm-hmm. So would you tell us a little bit about your book, Honey, Let's Buy a Boat? Um, Honey, Let's Buy a Boat was uh, launched into the marketplace nearly 12 months ago. So we're, um, we are five days off my book turning one of its first birthday uh, since it was released. Oh, wow. Happy Let's... birthday to your book. <laughs> it's pretty special. Um, wonder what you buy a book for a birthday present. Uh, maybe a cake or something like that. Or <laughs> maybe a nice glass of bread. That, that would be nice. Mm. Um, Honey, Let's Buy a Boat was the culmination of a, a journey and an experience that um, gave, me the, uh, gave me the opportunity to put down on paper all of those things that uh, prospects and, and potential buyers and even customers to that extent came into my office on a daily basis and asked me those questions. So typically what happens is a prospective buyer thinking about buying the boat, they don't really know how to start the exercise. Uh, there's not a lot of resources out there to assist. There's plenty of technical type of books and manuals out there to teach you the art of you know, sailing into the wind and heading you know, to the Sundays, but there's nothing for just the everyday person to understand what the, per- what the process is really is a house guide to buy and sell a recreational powerboat. Mm-hmm. And so after doing that research, I thought I'd just answer all of my prospective clients' questions by putting it down in, in, in paper. And uh, that paper became a number of sheets of paper. and became <laughs> a 360-page book. So uh, it, um, it was just a, a, a truly wonderfully therapeutic experience for me, I can often tell you. It's just amazing. Now, one of the interesting things about you writing a book is that you weren't a writer beforehand, were you? No, I wasn't a writer. I say that rather sheepishly because <laughs> uh, my business partner, he, the biggest thing that him and I sort of debate about in the 11 years that we've been uh, in business together is how poor my spelling and grammar is. So <laughs> when, when he thinks I've written a book, he you know, is kind of just can't believe it. But at the same, uh, to the same extent, kids you know I've got a, a, a 22 year old and a, a 21 year old at home both boys are pretty hell-bent on getting stuck into their dear old dad so uh, uh, they kind of gave it to me for a fair amount of time saying that what are you writing a book for dad you don't even read books you know <laughs> you don't you you they keep reminding me that I kind of left school early it wasn't really my choice if you understand what I'm saying so I, I sort of failed school and uh, left pretty early on in the piece and um, and so without any formal background, the thought of writing a book was, was just something that um, really, I just didn't really understand how to do it. But I can tell a, and, and explain a really good story to people about the purpose of voting and how and what the benefits are. So uh, it was quite, quite an experience. Mm-hmm. So not being a writer and writing a book, how did you stay motivated through the writing process and um, what sort of challenges did you encounter when you were writing it? Jackie, I'm going to give you a secret here. <laughs> During the time I started writing my book and as I started uh, putting down some, some thoughts uh, down on paper and, and, and really starting with a mind map, which was a great opportunity for me to 
sort of dumped onto paper, all that stuff that was sort of swirling around my head when I thought about the, the notion of writing a book to explain to people everything there is to know about buying and selling a recreational powerboat but didn't know who to ask. As I started doing that mind map, it became a real project for me. And during last year, I turned 50, and I knew that if I told all of my friends that I was writing a book, they would be the motivating factor for mm-hmm. me. I really wanted to get up at my 50th birthday and, uh, and, and tell all of my friends and all of my family that, that it, we're going to be gathered at my place, that I'm, uh, I've, I've finished my book or I've done my manuscript, that it was, was just a real process. So I guess by telling everybody and sharing my journey with them made me um, commit so you know, uh, heart and soul into the writing process because I wasn't going to let them down. I wasn't mm-hmm. going to let myself down. I was going to make sure that I really understood that what I was putting out there to everybody was actually going to become real. So that kind of became my motivating factor. The other thing I also wanted to do was I knew that for my business, peak time of the year for us is the, the, the time of the year we're in at the moment. So as we're getting to the end of the AFL football season, in, in uh, Victoria anyway, the boating season formally starts and really takes us through to about Easter. So mm. I knew I wanted to get my book out available um, to the, the public uh, before the end of uh, September. So I wanted it out by the 1st of October and that became my motivating factor with the date. So everything I did sort of worked backwards from that point. Mm, absolutely. Um, so you had a deadline and just, you know, it was a hard deadline you couldn't really sway from that point. No, I couldn't. I, I, I didn't want to... I mean, whilst the deadline for the boating season was just a date or a stake I put in the mm. ground, it was probably the commitment I'd made it to my friends by telling them, mm. I'm writing a book. I'm, I'm writing my book at the moment, so I'm just going to change some arrangements we perhaps made with you, them and their partners to not go out or, or to have that dinner out or to do an, a, a, an event together because... I needed the time to write. So I sort of um, needed to cover my tracks, if you like, with my friends mm-hmm. to make sure that they understood why I was sort of avoiding contact with them for a bit of time because I wanted to um, to work through my project. Mm-hmm. That actually leads into another question I have, which is, you know, you, you're an entrepreneur as well as, as, well as an author now. Um, you have St Kilda Boat Sales. And how do you... How did you manage your time so you were able to, you know, keep the business running and keep up your, you've said you um, sort of withdrew from some social occasions, but, you know, you would have all, you would have had to keep your business going and keep up your relationships with your family as well as writing the book. How did you manage all of that? Yeah, look, it, it became quite a, a juggling, um, a, a real juggling process. But what I didn't want to do is I didn't want my book to become a burden on, my friends or my family, mm. you know. Um, my wife is exceptionally supportive of my writing project and, and wanted to make sure that the time was there available for me to, you know, run with an idea or, or, or knock out that chapter that I've been wrestling with and, you know, because you just get in that right frame of mind and mm. those words, in my case, came quite, quite easily. So I also didn't want to burden her with this thing that I was writing a book and, you know, it was going to wreck our lives while Darren locked himself in a cave and, you know, <laughs> to the typewriter so it was really just a matter of uh, and, and also making sure that um, my business didn't suffer and 
I, I spent no time at all in my office writing the book. Mm. So my business time uh, was, was purely focused on doing the activities that I needed to do. Um, and I'd spend my evenings, particularly because I found evenings really easy to do, all day Saturdays, all day Sunday, um, uh, you know, really great for me to just get into the mode and get cracking on it. Um, and, you know, it kind of worked. I mean, 200 days after I started the, the mind map, uh, which was the beginning of the exercise for me of, of, of getting my thoughts down, to the time the boxes turned up with the finished product inside them, I mean, it was, it was 200 days. It was 29th of September last year uh, that my, my books turned up here in my office uh, off the back of the courier's truck. Mm, 200 days is nothing. What is that, six or seven months? Uh, yeah, about that. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, you, you do hear stories, and I know some, some uh, people I've been involved with that have been wanting to write a book for ages, and they've been working on the project for two and three years. And, uh, look, I, I just I, I feel sorry for them. Um, I um, totally understand where they're at. But once you find that, that connection with those words, and once you understand... Um, the purpose of what it is you're trying to write because you followed a mind map because I had effectively all of my chapters already thought out as a template to begin with. Putting the words to them was, was really quite easy because for me, it was just like recalling the business conversations or the sales conversations I have with my customers and prospects. And I've had them for 11 years now. So, you know, whether it's a conversation with somebody about a boat trailer um, or it's an experience I shared with a customer, those sort of things were, were thoughts and ideas I was able to draw on to include in the book. Mm. Um, and it became quite a... Uh, it wasn't actually a difficult task. So I know something else that would have sped up the production of the book was that you self-published it rather than going through a traditional, through a traditional publishing house. So yep. can you tell us about how you managed the self-publishing process? Yeah, um, look... And, and I think my naivety about books in general, I mean, I, as, I, as I sort of joked about earlier, um, I, I'm not an avid reader. Um, <laughs> and I, 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 I'm a really poor reader. It takes me a little while, but I seem to love, you know, uh, uh, stories that, um, that, that, that are real and I, I can really relate to. So uh, for me, because I wasn't bringing all that baggage of understanding that, the technical process, I was sort of a bit naive to it. And Jackie, because I was naive to it, I actually think it made it easier. It sort of removed the barriers. It sort mm -hmm. of removed any potential conflicts or potential, uh, what's the word, anxiety or, or a bit of stress that I'd have about a, a component. So for me, it was just breaking the process down into very small tasks. Mm -hmm. um, and when it came to things like, um, you know, I, I, I would write my book into uh, basically chapters, which were word documents. And I had, um, you know, a, a chapter completed or I could go back and proofread it, change it, make those, uh, fine-tune it till I sort of felt pretty comfortable with it. And then I basically hired uh, an editor. Um, I started with uh, the editorial process of, uh, gone blank at the moment, the name of the website will come to me in a moment where uh, <laughs> free, Freelancer it was called. Mm, yes. So I jumped on a freelancer to try and, uh, and, and find myself an editor and found a whole lot of people applied for, for, for you know, for my gig, so to speak. Um, I, I tried to write a brief the best I could, but, you know, without having a formal background or an understanding in this area, 
I kind of didn't really brief them very well. So what I end up getting, and I end up selecting this, this uh, lady from Canada, and what resonated me with, with her response was that she lived by a lake and she remembers the time really clearly of going boating with her parents and boats really formed part of her, her life. Oh, wow. and, you know, and I thought about that a lot. I thought, no, that actually makes really good sense. That's going to help my process because she'll mm-hmm. understand what the end goal is. Well, I got her to write end of the sample chapter for me. I bought it and it came over on the email. I looked at it and I got so excited. I felt like, you know, this was, the, this was going to be the start of a great relationship. And I gave the sample chapter to my wife to have a read. Now, my wife's background is she was a teacher. Um, she uh, is also a teacher librarian, so books and, and uh, words on paper is a very important part of, of, uh, of her, you know, her makeup. Mm-hmm. And so I gave the, the sample chapter to her. She had a look at it and just said, Darren, this is crap. And I thought, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, my whole world collapsed because I thought, you know, I felt really comfortable with this person and I was mm-hmm. looking at all these, the, the, you know, the non-technical sides of things. And then my wife explained to me why she thought it wasn't the right fit for us or, or for me, for my book. And uh, I, I was fortunate enough then to, to have uh, contact with a, a friend who um, has been writing for a little while. He uh, has been successful with writing some blogs. He's been writing a number of business app, um, uh, a number of uh, business uh, newsletters, articles, and has published a number of books. All his books that he's published have all gone through major publishing houses, mm-hmm. but he gave me the name of an editor that he thought, Darren, this person's really good. You, you'll, you'll, you'll hit it off with her. She doesn't know anything about boats, but that's okay. What she knows about is, is making sure those words are right and it, it's a good read. And what I also wanted was someone who was going to keep me on track. You know, mm-hmm. I tend to waffle on a bit and, and I didn't want to go off track and, and lose the reader. So I eventually found that person. Uh, she edited my book for me. I'd send her a chapter whenever it was finished. She'd make the changes, send it back to me. Um, and so that, to me, was the editorial process. I then had all these chapters together. So what I then did was, was make my own um, uh, proof of concept, if you like, put it all together and came up with, this is my book. Went off to Office Works and printed 35 copies of it. Um, I sort of, I had a, a number, I had about 60 photos in my book. Because um, you know, there's no better way to explain something about a boat than to have a boat mm-hmm. on the water with some sunshine and, um, and some people aboard. So that person um, then, uh, oh, sorry, I then had that my uh, manuscript, my sort of uh, compilation of everything together, of which I then gave out to a number of people to proofread. Um, and the differences in what people found is quite unique, <laughs> quite <laughs> incredible. When they're all reading the same thing, and, uh, you know, you, you, people can pick up stuff and other people don't. And, and so the more people I gave it out to, the more comfortable I felt with it. So I got, got it back from 35 people who all told me their, their opinion and made those changes, sent them back to the editor again, who then um, uh, went over it one more time and we were comfortable with that component of it. So that was the editorial process completed. So effectively, I had all the right words in the right spots and all those words meant something. I then was able to find a, um, a freelance graphic artist um, who also did my pagination. Mm-hmm. What I did, Jackie, in the process was some of the, the content in my book, um, I, uh, and I, I sort of wasn't really sure of the formal process, 
I was using some of the content uh, or sharing some of the content that had already been published. So things like voting safety information, which is really important to get that right. Mm. Um, the safety information was published by the Victorian government here. So for me to use some of that content, I actually had to get a licence agreement from the government, which was a, a first-time request for the people down at the Department of Transport. But they worked through it and we worked through it and I have a licence agreement to utilise their content. The reason why is that the, the explanation for a life jacket, let's say, um, the, the government uh, used the official words for it because that's what they make their uh, safety regulations based on. I didn't want to repurpose those words because I didn't want to um, lead people astray. And I, it's mm -hmm. very precise and I just uh, used um, some of their information. So they uh, joined me and we, we started a, formed a licence agreement. So uh, once that licence agreement was done, I then sent back to all those, those organisations like that. Uh, there's people like Mercury, uh, who do outboard engines, some of their technical descriptions and some of the photos in my book have been given to me by Mercury with permission to use. And so I sent out um, these manuscripts to all of the um, content partners I had that were involved in the process and they all signed off on it. They all wanted to make sure that, you know, how I worded their organisation and how I positioned it and the photos were all appropriate. And um, uh, they all signed off on it, all gave me some really good feedback um, and then I knew that what I had was correct, gave it all to my graphic artist. Um, she did the pagination, um, the layout with the photos. Um, it's interesting, I, I was able to build a partnership with the uh, American um, Marine Association. Oh, wow. Which is a, uh, yeah, which is a body made up of, um, I think they have uh, about 20,000 members in the US. Um, they're a really, really powerful lobby group. Um, and they were just so delighted that uh, somebody from the industry was thinking about writing a book to, to um, explain to people in really simple terms uh, how to get into and encourage them and engage them to get on the water. And mm -hmm. in doing so, they said to me, look, um, got some photos here you might want to have a look at. We're very happy for you to use whatever photos you like. Here's our electronic album that they've had professionally taken. You can have the rights to use those photos in your book. Oh wow! Oh, wow. Fantastic, <laughs> yeah. Because my front cover um, of my book um, was one of those photographs that would have taken me, you know, quite, quite a bit of money to set up that scene mm -hmm. with the um, the lady sort of uh, jumping to her life off the back of the boat. She's in, you know enjoying it. She's got a big smile on her face. It's a beautiful day. Um, you know, the boat's safely positioned behind her, and so to get that sort of photo and set that up would have cost me thousands of dollars. And, as a little business, you know, I, I don't have those sort of resources to want to put on my front cover. And so they gave me that photo and gave me permission to use it. Mm -hmm. So I was so lucky. Created my front cover, my back cover and my spine um, the way I wanted it. Um, and, and effectively, I looked at a few other books and, and sort of worked out what position things need to be. And I was able to get a nice author photo and, 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 and uh, had some advice on how to get an ISBN number. So... Um, uh, my book is a, an official publication, and uh, wow, it all came together, and no hiccups, it was, um, it was terrific. So, good on you, Darren, for self-publishing, and not listening <laughs> to anybody, and just doing it yourself, because uh, it's exactly what I wanted it to be. It's my message, and that, that was the purpose of putting it out there. Mm -hmm. 
So based on what you've just said, I'm assuming your answers to this question will be no, but I'll ask it anyway. Um, if you could do it again, would you have done anything differently? Um, well, I certainly, look, the answer to the question, Jackie, is ultimately no. Um, mm -hmm. I certainly would, I now know my editor, and so I, I would go back to her, so I wouldn't have wasted that process of where I then found somebody who I thought hit it off with what I wanted, but actually what, you know, wasn't the right person. Ultimately, that was the right call not to use her and, and to pursue other avenues because my finished product is a whole lot better. But that, that process of being told by my wife at that day, and I remember it so clearly, you know, I was so excited that I had my first chapter back from the editor. And I was, the, the deflation I had after that when she kind of, and bless her, she went through it and, and, and we did it together so it wasn't like she was just, you know, dumping it all on me. But mm -hmm. she pointed out why it wasn't a good idea to pursue a relationship with that original selection that I'd made and why that was wrong. And it, it, absolutely right to date. So I would have saved myself a little bit of uh, upset and a bit of heartache out of that. But that's okay. It's all part of learning. And... Because you're an entrepreneur, I'd love to hear about what effect being a published author has had on your business. Yeah, wow. Uh, 12 months on, it, it has been an incredible part of my business. I look back, and as I said earlier on, um, I've been in business now with Andrew for 11 years. I kind of look back now and think to myself, how in the hell did I do what I do without my book for 10 years? <laughs> and it wasn't as if I did it, you know, we, we, our business... Um, is better now than it's ever been. Um, but our business was okay uh, until the GSC came and uh, things became a bit tight. But, um, you know, we, we worked our way through that. Oh, I just don't know how I ever did it because my book is now an intrinsic part of what I do. And, and I'll give you a couple of really good examples. People come into my office or they call me on the phone and say, I'm thinking of selling my boat because I don't want to use it anymore because of, you know, badly the relationships broken down, um, you know, the kids have left home or, or left, uh, you know, uh, don't want to come and use it every week, every weekend with me because they've got sporting um, commitments. I mean, there's a whole lot of reasons. There's, there's elderly guys that, um, um, you know, they're, they're not um, as with it as, as they perhaps used to be and, and partners are really scared for them to go out on the water. So there's a whole lot of reasons why people sell their boats. And they come and ask me, what do you think you can do to sell my boat? And how do you think you can position it in the marketplace? So I can tell you without a word of a lie, I now have a 100% strike rate in getting those listings. And that's because I go through my normal sales pitch with somebody and then I give them my book. I retail my book for $29.95 and I'm happy to give it to them as a gift. And that will explain how we take a, book, a boat to market because I very careful when I wrote the book to have the subtitle of everything you wanted to know about buying and selling a powerboat that didn't know who to ask. Mm. So I also introduced the whole sales notion in there. So it explains to people how to prepare the boat, how to get it right, what sort of things they need to do from a paperwork point of view, but also how to um, position the book in the marketplace, how to advertise it to get the right buyer at the right price. So what I was able to do is broaden the interest of my book, and I give that out now as a sales tool to mm. people who are interested in us, uh, hiring us to, to sell their boat. And as I said, I have a 100% success rate. So, so that's, that's pretty good from, a, from a, a getting a listing perspective. But I also have a lot of people who come here and say, look, I'm thinking of buying a boat. Can you tell me about the maintenance? You know, I've heard that it costs a lot of money to keep a boat. 
I heard that um, salt water is really corrosive. Why would I have a boat? I don't know where to store it. What are the options? Um, what does all that paint on the bottom of the boat cause? We get sort of technical questions from them. Or mm. How do I go about getting a license? So I now find that my book is part of my um, sales pitch, my sales story into um, introducing boating to those people. It means that I'm now the expert in a particular topic and writing a book gives you that um, that instant credibility with people. It has immense bud value because you know there's 360 pages, you can feel it, you can touch it, it's, it's mm. a real being. And so people think that because you wrote the book, you're the expert in that field. So therefore it makes my me selling um, my, my product and my services a lot easier because I've got a level of credibility. Mm. I don't have to prove myself to people. One of the, uh, the really terrific things that I found about uh, as a result of writing the book has been that I've been asked to be a, a keynote speaker at, at a number of different events, whereas Darren Finkelstein is now the boat guy. Big inverted commas, commas around that. Mm -hmm. I'm the expert in the field of boating. And what that means is that people want to hear my opinion and people are paying me to hear my opinion. People <laughs> really, because, hey, I'll talk to anybody that wants to listen. But the beauty of that is that They've been in themselves wonderful lead generating events. I'll give you, a, share with you a really a good real world example of, of what that is. I was asked to speak at a conference in Sydney in March, and it was a, an international marine conference. And I was, as the author of Honey Let's Fly a Boat, going to be on a panel with two ladies, both of them are a, a journalist and one's a writer. Um, uh, and they, we, we were going to talk about getting. Um, women involved in voting. And, and I was a token male and was a bit worried about that because I didn't, you know, want to be, you know, pounded and beaten up. But <laughs> we, this, this panel was terrific, actually. We, we uh, really got the industry um, to change the way it thinks about women in voting, but families in voting, and, and how we address that whole issue of, of getting and making how easy it is to make voting for people to get into. Out of that, one of the gentlemen who was sitting in the audience happened to be from Melbourne as well and caught up with me after I did, uh, after I did the presentation. And we then sort of had a beer together and I gave him a copy of my book. We then got talking. He read my book over the next couple of days and we then emailed each other. He's since bought a boat from me, which is just wonderful. He bought a, a used boat, spent a couple of hundred thousand dollars in doing that. But oh, he wow. also gave my, yeah, which is terrific. But he also gave my book to uh, some people in his network, which happened to be business people involved in one of the major developments in the city of Melbourne on the water side. Those people have since, as uh, part of a very large uh, corporation, which, which uh, is an Australian company but has offices all around the world, and specialises in dockside residential development, have now asked me to be the boat guy and run a, uh, a workshop for them over four nights um, through the course of, um, of November of this year to engage their residents in those apartment buildings with how easy it is to own a boat. So I've now got paid speaking gigs where I can obviously will get business out of it in, in, in the ability to sell boats, but discuss boating and, and, and the, the wonderful attributes with my target marketplace. So that all came out of that one speaking gig. But gentleman that was the vendor of the original boat in the first place, that the gentleman's heard and uh, heard me speak and then bought that boat from 
and bought, just bought a new boat from me, which was a million-dollar boat. Oh, wow. I, really, I know. So what's happened is out of the sake of me giving a person a book they heard me speak at an event, I have now sold two boats. I've made two significant um, increases to my income as a result. I've got um, four speaking gigs. And I've, uh, to an audience of potential customers. So that's a really good example of how powerful that book is. I've been asked to speak at a number of boat shows. So I, I did five days here at the Melbourne Boat Show where I got up on the super stage, as they called it, and as the boat guy and talked to people about how easy it is to, to get onto the water. I went over to Perth and the, uh, the organisation flew me across to, to Perth and I did the Perth Boat Show and I've been on radio and... Uh, and plenty of stuff like that. So it's really increased my profile in this industry where I am now truly a key person of influence in the marine industry. Um, and that's such a different place to where I was before I started the exercise. Yeah, that's incredible. And um, what I love about your story is that you're using your book as a vehicle for so much more and you're actually giving most of your books away for free, it sounds like. Um, because you're giving them away as part of your sales pitch and you know that then is leading to events and even more sales whereas if you were trying to sell every single one of your books that might not have happened. You're absolutely right Jackie. What's come out of this whole exercise is that I was really a bit weird beforehand even more weird than I am now, but <laughs> weird beforehand about giving away intellectual property. Mm. For me, all this stuff was like I was guarding like the Fort Knox. You know, this was my, this is what our business had been built on and I wasn't going to share anything with anybody that wasn't a client. Mm. But having to write the book, and now in, in a lot of cases, as you uh, quite rightly described, giving that book to people and using it as a vehicle for my business meant I'm sharing all this stuff. So it's completely the opposite mm -hmm. from being the guy that held the intellectual property uh, and that information close to his chest to now freely giving it away. And what I'm finding is I'm getting back tonnage in return. It, it, it's just quite incredible. The more generous I am with my book, the more return I have for it to the bottom line. Um, and, and that in itself is, is, you know, it's just a wonderful, a wonderful thing. Uh, I think that's worth repeating. <laughs> I can do that. Okay, go ahead. Well, the more generous I am with my book, um, meaning that the more I give them away to prospects and people that just have a general interest in, in boating, the more I get back as a return to the bottom line mm. of my business. What that basically means is that previously I held all this intellectual property to myself and I didn't really want to share anything. People ask me for advice and I'd say to them, and I, I remember doing it, I'm kind of embarrassed by it really. I'd say, look, you know what? If you're a customer of ours, I'm happy to share that with you. But otherwise, if you're not a customer, then, uh, you know, sorry, I can't help you. And I sort of, you know, thought about the whole notion of, you know, the Jamie Oliver model, if you like. He makes, he makes, um, he shares his recipes. He shows everybody in the entire world on every TV station and every uh, bookshelf about what sort of recipes and the wonderful uh, things that, that his cooking ideas can bring. He shares those out openly. He doesn't hold them to his chest like, uh, like he's guarding the crown jewels. So for me and my business, I've been sharing as much of my intellectual property as I possibly can. And what I'm finding is that the more I'm freely giving that out to prospects and people that are interested, the more I seem to be getting back directly to the bottom line in terms of sales, in terms of service opportunities, in terms of, of everything good. So just 
give away freely because have faith it mm. will come back in, in, in oodles. No, absolutely. And the reason I wanted you to repeat that is because I don't think you're alone in being very um very guarded around your IP. And I think a lot of aspiring writers are in the same position where you know, they want to write this book and then sell it and then make all this money from the sales of the book. And it's, no, the book is a gift and it's a vehicle to bigger and greater things. Absolutely. You know, the thing about this is just because I wrote the book does not mean that the Ferrari is going to turn up tomorrow. It does not mean <laughs> that I... So it would be nice. Got, it would be lovely, but it just doesn't mean that my income is going to increase you know, 20-fold because I've got a book out there. Yes, my book is on Amazon. Yes, it's on iTunes and Barnes and & Noble all over the world. And um, But, you know, I'm not selling thousands of copies of my book. What I'm doing is I'm leveraging my book for my business. And I wrote the book to um, uh, help build my business. And, and that was the purpose at the beginning. And it's still the purpose to this day. The reason why I'm putting the book out there and the reason why I'm doing all my speaking events and and, and taking wonderful opportunities like this to, to share with people what it is, that, the joys of it all is because ultimately I'm writing, I'm doing all of this for my business. And, uh, and, and, and I, I really am um, um, fully committed to that exercise because I have a business partner and mm -hmm. half his money too. And I'm really respectful of that. So for me to be able to do all these things and create a book and, you know, do all that, uh, the wonderful stuff that I was doing meant that it's half coming out of his pocket too. And uh, we want to make sure that we get a return back to our, our business as a result. Mm -hmm. So given all of the success you've had with this book, will you be writing another one? Ah, the magic <laughs> question. Oh, putting me on the spot here. Yeah, that's, <laughs> no, I, I, yes, the answer is I will write another book. I'm not really sure, and I've got a few topics or a few ideas that I'm throwing around at the moment, but I remember how motivated and how easier it became when I got what it was that I, what it was that I was going to write about. I understood that. I believed in that. And once that topic comes along, the next book will too be easy to write because mm -hmm. it's just right. You know, it's right in every element for me to, to, to move forward with. So until I find that topic and that, you know, that uh, central discussion point, that main question I'm trying to answer for people, um, I'll sort of be wrestling around with a few ideas, but I'd, I'd love to do another one. I so enjoyed the process. Mm. And just before we finish up, would you tell us where our listeners can go to learn more about you and your business and your book? Oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> So if you want to learn more about St Kilda Boat Sales, there's uh, two ways you can do it. You can jump onto the web and go to stkildaboatsales.com.au. So that's St Kilda Boat Sales, S-A-L-E-S.com.au. No full stops or spaces, all one word. You can Google search Darren Finkelstein and there's all good stuff on Google. Nothing I won't be proud of. And uh, you can jump onto my book site, which is letsbuyaboat.com.au. But there's links from uh, from some children there, so jump onto that, Google search me, and uh, I'd be delighted to uh, um, give you a book. I'd be delighted to post your book. You're welcome to come into my office down here at St Children's Marina, have a conversation with me, and if you tell me you heard about this on the blog, I'll give you a copy of my book too. <laughs> 
Well, thank you very much for that, Darren, and thank you for being with us today. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's my pleasure, Jackie, and uh, thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to my story. You're welcome.